Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast here on this Friday, December 16th, 2022. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us Unlocked on Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we're going to take a total review of the Duke men's basketball freshmen. We have exited the non conference portion of the season. Seven freshmen debuting for the Blue Devils this season. We're going to break down all of those guys with my good buddy, Kevin Connolly, the site expert from Ball Durham. If you haven't done so already, Lockdown Blue Devils can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Also, watch the show daily on YouTube. Your support means the absolute world to us. We're continuing to make that climb towards 1,000 subscribers. So subscribe to our channel and continue to support Lockdown Blue Devils. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, I'll bring on my good pal Kevin Connolly again from Ball Durham. And Kevin, here we are. We've made it to a, a little bit of a downtime here for the Stukeman's basketball team. They're now exiting finals week and jumping back into ACC play. And more importantly, the Dukeman's basketball team has finished their non-conference competition. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I said this uh, last week when I was with you. I think this is the most important part of Duke season, even though they don't play a game. I mean, from December 10th to uh, January 1st, they play two games. So they've talked about how they've wanted more practice time to get some of those freshmen a little bit more incorporated and comfortable uh, into the system and getting their legs back under them. Well, this is the time to do it. They have nearly uh, two, two and a half weeks, and they play two games. Um, I know they'll be at home a little bit for, for the Christmas holiday, but um, this is a big part of their schedule to get to get rested, to get reloaded and to get everybody firing on the same page to head into conference play. So throughout the show today, we're going to kind of break down the freshmen, seven freshmen on the Duke men's basketball team. We'll go by uh, player by player. But before that, this class as a whole, now that we've seen them on the floor this season, how important has this freshman class been? Just what are your overall thoughts about the group? Well, I think every freshman class has to be evaluated a little bit differently. So you look at other Duke freshman classes and you have your Zion Williamson's and your RJ Barrett's and your Cam Reddish's and your Zion uh, and your Marvin Bagley's and you got all these big time prospects. But I, I don't think this class necessarily compares to that and having that right now ready NBA player like uh, what was it Tuesday night watching Jason Tatum. I mean, that guy was he, he was a pro. You could have dropped him into the NBA right then and there, and he would have been successful. To to me, this class doesn't have that right now. Now, now that's not saying somebody could develop it into one of those one of those players. Um, but I, I obviously this class has been vital because it's arguably had been arguably has their best player in Kyle Filipowski. Um, it has a, a lot of firepower, but it, it, it's solid. It, it's vital to the success of this team. 
but it doesn't have that that big star firepower, at least that we haven't seen yet on the court, which could be coming in the second half of the season. Yeah, totally think that's fair to see. A couple of the top names have obviously been injured, and we'll get to those guys a little bit later in the program, two players in particular that we'll probably even save until the end of our conversation. But Kyle Filipowski has been the most productive freshman for Duke by far this season. We mentioned all of the ACC Rookie of the Week honors that he's garnered already. 14.8 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, 43% shooting from the floor, 81% from the free throw line, and right now he's a 33.3% three-point shooter. Filipowski, what do you think of him so far? Uh, I I think it has to be the biggest surprise of the freshman class. I feel like there are a lot of rumors and rumblings and reports saying, uh, coming out of like training camp and preseason workouts that were saying like, this this guy might not be up to the – the par of what he could be or the par of the other freshman. And then you come out in your first big game against Kansas. He's the best player on the floor for Duke. Um, So I think he's been the biggest surprise and it's obviously much needed because without him, Duke doesn't have, um, what are they up to nine wins already this year? They're they're not, they're not even close to that. They lose a lot of games um, that they've won. So um, I, I think everyone wants to know, all right, it seemed like he projected as a two, three-year player before we started playing games. Now that we have played games, what is he now? Is he a one-and-done? I still have a gut feeling that he could be a two-year player, but if he continues at this trajectory, I think it'd be foolish for him not to go to the NBA after this year. Yeah, it's uh, really impressive what we've seen from Flip so far. Duke 10-2 and two on the season, so already got that 10th win of the year through 12. So uh, Mark Mitchell, how about him? 9.5 points per game, three and a half rebounds, 52% shooting from the floor, 77% from the free throw line, and he's a 42.9% three-point shooter, one of the highest clips on the team. Mark Mitchell, it's it's not his fault, but it's like one of those guys that makes you want to rip your hair out because you, you know the potential's there. You know he's got it all in his bag of tricks, but just for whatever reason, if it's the flow of the offense, like, the ball doesn't – it doesn't feel like the ball is in his hands a lot, and I feel like it should be more. I think that yeah. should, Duke should make a concerted effort to try, try and get him more involved and not just have him info- involved on these broken plays or, or these or these plays where uh, just nothing's really happening and they just – you just all right, someone, go, someone has to go make a play, and somehow the ball lands in his hands. Because when he's involved, you saw it in the second half against Xavier, so, uh, basically the entire game against Iowa. Uh, he's a special player. He, he's – I always said he was the most under-the-radar freshman coming into the season because everyone wanted to talk about Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, Kyle Filipowski, so on and so forth. Um, and Mark Mitchell was just kind of kind of hanging out there, laying in the weeds. And he, ha- he has the ability, he has the athleticism. It's just you want to see him a little bit more involved from the jump because he got off to a, a great start to the season. Or they threw off the opening tip-off against Jacksonville, threw him a lob and really yeah. introduced himself to everybody. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. We talk about some of those great games that he's had, and, and you mentioned several of them, including Iowa. There, there are moments where uh, he, he's just what, what we know over the years as a quiet score, Kevin. Like It's like, wow, that's 15 points, and it really just doesn't feel like he's been scoring the basketball a whole ton. It's kind of effortless what he's doing out there, uh, but, but I do agree. It kind of uh, feels like there are moments where you don't see as assertive of a Mark Mitchell that you would like to see, and part of that – probably isn't his fault, right? Like he can't help the fact if he doesn't have the basketball, if it's not within the flow of the offense or that sort of thing. But just he's been a quiet scorer at times throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess like 
there's no there's nothing wrong with being a quiet scorer. If you're scoring, you're scoring. If amen, if, <laughs> points count all the same. <laughs> exactly. If you put up a, a quiet 13 compared to a loud 13, they they all count the same. You know what I mean? So uh, I just want to. I think he has that potential because you're hoping Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead get caught up in these two weeks in terms of what they missed because of their injuries. But like, if they don't, it's like, all right, we have Mark Mitchell, we have Kyle Filipowski. Like, let's let's showcase Mark Mitchell a little bit more. Let's uh, let's get set to talk about some of these other freshmen, including Tyrese Proctor, who is one of the latest ads to this Duke recruiting class. So we'll do that after our first time out here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Having a great conversation with my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert from Ball Durham. Lockdown Blue Devils today is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college football bowl season, basketball, and the World Cup, we've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, we're talking about the freshmen so far this season for Duke. We've talked about Filipowski. We've talked about Mark Mitchell. And uh, then there's Tyrese Proctor, who's had a lot of the uh, ball handling duties for the Blue Devils. Proctor, 8.2 points per game, about four rebounds, 2.3 assists, which is uh, behind Jeremy Roach for second on the team. 35% shooting from the floor, 23.9% shooting from three-point range, and then 92% from the free throw line. Really impressive free throw percentage. Uh, one of the best on the team this season for Duke. But then you mentioned somebody like uh, Tyrese Proctor, some of those shooting percentages you'd love to see go up. What are your thoughts on him? So Tyrese Proctor, it, it's kind of similar. It's like you see him in flashes, and you're like, man, this kid could be something special. And then he kind of just gets passive and you're like, all right, come on, like, let's get him involved. Like, I feel like he's more engaged when the ball's in his hands, but that's difficult because you already have your, your lead floor general in Jeremy Roach, who you want the ball in his hands um, a lot more often. And that's no, that's no shade towards Tyrese Proctor. It's just Jeremy Roach has been there for three years and, and he's your team's point guard. So I, I think he has to get a little bit more comfortable playing off the ball. I think that's, that would be very, really important for him. Um, but all, all things considered, you, you take it positively. Um, you, you just, especially in the starting five, if you want to see a little bit more of that firepower, you, you'd certainly want him um, to shoot the ball a little bit better and, and just move more freely without the ball in his hands. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, we talk a lot about Jeremy Roach's production on this team because he is that captain, and it's got to be this kind of weird um, dynamic trying to figure out how do you get them both to coexist together. I think the shooting numbers really can improve for Tyrese Proctor and that they will. It really gives me confidence that this guy is knocking down 92% of his free throws. Like he's really taking advantage of when he is fouled, making sure those points you know, don't go um, and uh, that he's able to grab all the points possible there. But it's just those shooting numbers, man, the field goal percentage again at 35.2 and a 23.9 three-point percentage. You just want to see him become – a little bit more effective in that regard. And obviously the field goal shooting numbers aren't great, but 
what makes you want to have him on the floor is number one, his skills with the ball in his hands. And number two is his free throw shooting. You yeah. want him on the floor late in the game because if he has the ball in his hands, you can trust him that he'll make the right play. He'll hold on to it, get fouled, and knock down two free throws. All right, let's go to uh, a couple of other guys here. We'll, we'll save the injured guys for later. We're evaluating the seven Duke freshmen so far this season. Just give me a quick thought on uh, let's go with Christian Reeves. He's played in six games this season of the 12. Many people, Kevin, thought that he could possibly be redshirting. Uh, had a big dunk against Maryland Eastern Shore uh, in his play this past weekend. Tell me a little bit about the big fella out of Oak Hill Academy. Well, it's interesting because, again, preseason when he he was a late commit to Duke, um, and it was like, all right, he's going to redshirt. He's going to redshirt this year, and he'll be ready to go um, next season. But then he had an impressive workouts in the offseason, impressive practices, um, and then he was arguably one of the best players on the floor in, in countdown to craziness. And you're like, all right, maybe we have something in this kid. Yeah. And it, it still was like, all right, the plan's still the red shirt. I mean, it feels like the plan hasn't changed. And then all of a sudden he's out there and checking in on opening day. And you're like, all right, well, he's not red shirting. So, so let's see him. So I, I wish we would see him more um, like in that game against Purdue um, and a couple of other games. I wish that they just put him out there, even like against Iowa when Derek Lively was battling foul trouble and Ryan Young wasn't having the best first half, like put him out there for two and a half minutes, see, see what he can do. And and we really haven't seen that. We've seen that, seen him uh, more often in blowouts and in mop-up duty. Um, so I don't think you're going to see him a lot in ACC play, to be quite honest with you. I'd love to see him just to see yeah. what he, see what he could do. But I just have that feeling that um, you're not going to see him a lot um, during ACC play. Yeah, six games for Christian Reeves, only three minutes per game. So he's really coming in at the very end of these basketball games. He's played one more game than Jaden Shute, but obviously hasn't had much, as much uh, run as floor time as Shute. So Jaden Shute is the other guy I want to discuss here. Uh, he's only played in five games this season for Duke. He's shooting 44.4% from the three-point line, and we saw his best game as a freshman this past weekend going three of three from three against Maryland Eastern Shore, one of my favorite players in the class. It's just been unfortunate. Duke's been playing a nine-man rotation, and Jaden Shoot is number 10. Yeah, and I guess similar to Christian Reeves, but a little different. Like, sometimes Duke struggles to shoot the basketball. Put him out there. <laughs> yeah. Like, put him out there. Um, like, you look in those games, like, against Kansas and um, Purdue like to stretch the floor and Oregon state when they couldn't hit the backside of a barn against Oregon state, like put him out there. See, see if he can knock down a couple of shots. Now I know, I guess they have concerns about his defense. Um, and, and I guess I wouldn't say his athleticism, but just him keeping up in the flow of the game and the speed of the game. But like, man, if the kid can shoot the rock, put him out there, sure. see what he can do. And um, I, I'm hoping I'm hopeful I don't think it's going to happen that he can get a little more time during ACC play because if you have a shooter like that out there, it opens up the floor. If you have a Jaden shoot in the corner, then you can't help off of him and double uh, Kyle Filipowski in the post or or Ryan Young in the post or Derek Lively in the post. If you have Jaden shoot out on the wing and he's near 45% from three, you're almost having two sets of eyes on him to not let him get the ball and catch in rhythm and shoot. So I, I think having shooters like that out on the court completely free up and open up the offense. And sometimes that's what Duke struggles in and having that free flowing offense. Sometimes it's, it's very choppy and very cluttered. 
Reviewing the play of the Duke freshman through the non-conference, Duke has played 12 non-conference games the rest of the year. They will have a couple of, or I should say 11, because they already do have one ACC win under their belt against Boston College. But the rest of the season, they're playing only conference games. So we're talking about all of those here on Lockdown Blue Devils. A couple of Blue Devils have been hurt to start the year, and we'll discuss them after our last break here on the program. A message from the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. It can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go. And for a moment, you think of calling for a ride. Now nah, you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over from the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Last few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. So Kevin, we're talking about these freshmen for Duke. Uh, The guys we've discussed so far have been healthy for the entire season. A couple have not. And uh, that starts with Derek Lively II and Derek Whitehead. So Lively has played 11 games. He did not play the opener, but he's been able to play for Duke in every game since. He's uh, 11 games, about 17 and a half minutes per game, 4.4 points per game. He's averaging 3.7 rebounds per game, shooting 60% from the floor, 54.5% from the free throw line, and he is 0 of 4 from three-point range. Talk to me about Lively. So with Derek Lively, I think it's a little bit different than Derek Whitehead because Derek Whitehead was out the entire um, the entire preseason, t- entire training camp with, with his foot injury. Derek Lively did have some time on the court during those practices and before he got his calf injury about two weeks out before the start of the season. So, But obviously, it seems like he was a lot more raw than everybody had anticipated. Um, you've seen the flashes. He runs the floor like a gazelle. He moves very well in the open floor. It's just when Duke gets in that half-court set, it feels like the ball sticks a lot because they don't run many post-ups for him, and then technically you're playing four-on-five because in high school he played a lot on the perimeter, but when when you're seven-foot, you can really do anything you want to do with the high school game. So I I think it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate him into the half-court offense during the second half of the year because – um, I, I think he only has what two or three made baskets that aren't a dunk this yeah. year. It's, everything's a dunk. It's they, they don't throw them throw them in isolation on a low block and have them go to work. So um, and and that hurts the offense. That hurts the flow of the offense. And that's what we've been really been talking about the entire year. It's that the flow of the offense. It's, it's choppy. It's stagnant. So I think again the practice time is going to be huge for Derek Lively. Um, getting him up to speed, building up his conditioning a little bit more. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if we're just building in excuses right now for why he hasn't played great. Because, like you said, he has played eleven games. It's not like he's only played five games anymore. Like yeah. when, we, when we when we talked earlier, it was like, all right, well, he's only played five games, and those five games have come um, in a bit of a clump here with three games in four days, and, and so on and so forth in Oregon. Um, now it's up to eleven games. So um, I think this might be um, not that you're giving up on him, but this is like the last built-in excuse you have for Derek Lively with these two and a half weeks with only two games being played to practice, to get that rhythm, and and to go play ball. 
Yeah, I hope the rhythm is one thing. I hope that uh, you can get more minutes from Derek Lively. Again, I think 17 and a half is not what you envisioned for the top recruit in the country to be playing at this point of the season. I understand why that's been the case, and you've had Ryan Young be such a positive addition to your team, which has been great. But hopefully uh, with the upside there from Derek Lively, you're really impressed moving forward. Uh, I should also mention he's averaging two blocks per game, which is best on the team, and he had a really big run there in the first half against Eastern Shore this past weekend where he had, what, five, six, four or five blocks. That was uh, pretty impressive so far. So Derek Whitehead is our last freshman to talk about. Uh, Whitehead has only played in nine games. So nine of the 12 games played for Derek Whitehead, only averaging 16.1 minutes per game, but 6.7 points, 2.3 rebounds, 36.9% from the floor, uh, an 85% free throw shooter, and Derek Whitehead right now is a 26% three-point shooter. What do you think of Whitehead's game so far? So, like I said, that we're trying to make those excuses for Derek Lively that he's played 11 games. I think you look at Derek Whitehead's nine games, and you can you can make a little bit more of an excuse because he came back in, for the Phil Knight uh, Legacy Invitational, and you had three games in four days. So, you're, or he came that back the game the game before, but the, the point still stands. You had three games in four days, and he was clearly on a minutes restriction. And especially when you have a broken foot. You're trying to get your legs back under you. Like it's it's not an easy thing to do. And I think we've seen over the last two games against Iowa and Maryland Eastern Shore, his legs are finally coming back underneath him. Now he's get, starting to get that confidence, uh, and that's big because I still think Derek Derek Whitehead is Duke's best prospect, best professional prospect. I think in terms of um, raw natural basketball ability, he's their best player. Now it hasn't shown that on the floor. But I, I still believe that. I said that coming into the season. I said it when he was hurt, and I'm still going to say it now. So, I, again, like Derek Lively, I think these are two huge big weeks because John Shire even said it. He said, I think since Derek Whitehead came back against Delaware, Duke, from that time to the end of the, the Phil Knight uh, Invitational, they only had one full team practice. So it's tough to get a player up to speed and into the rhythm of the game with only having one practice. So now that excuse goes out the window. They have all this practice time. They have nearly two weeks with just two games. And I think it's time to take the training wheels. I said this with you a couple of weeks ago. It's time to take the training wheels off of Derek Whitehead and let him go play ball. Um, I think the big thing is going to be how do you adjust the starting lineup? Because he got his first start against Maryland Eastern Shore because John Shire made the right move by sitting Jeremy Roach. Give him the extra half a week to, yeah. to rest. He had that foot ankle injury that he suffered in Oregon. Um, so give him that extra time. It's Maryland Eastern Shore. They significantly handled them without him. Um, but do you want Derek Whitehead in the starting lineup? Do you want to keep him coming off the bench? Who do you want coming off the bench out of the six of Roach, Proctor, Mitchell, Filipowski, uh, Whitehead, and Lively? It's a big question to be asked, and we'll see how it moves forward for Duke. Again, uh, this is a history a record-breaking Duke freshman class uh, because prior to Saturday, crazy to think about the fact Duke had never before had an all-freshman starting five, and they did that against Maryland Eastern Shore, which was just really cool to see, and uh, the future is definitely bright with all these young freshmen. Kevin, as always, it's great to chat with you here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Tell me one more time about Ball Durham and everything you guys got going on at the website. So Ball Durham, you can catch us, balldurham.com. We got everything rolling over there. Uh, basketball, football, um, anything you want, we you anything you got, anything you want, we got. I should say, 
Um, but yeah, come come pay us a visit. You can follow us on Twitter, Ball underscore Durham. And then again, you can see us, uh, read us every day at uh, balldurham.com. Perfect. Kevin, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. JJ, appreciate it, man. That's my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, and he's joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils as our show comes to a close. Again, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube page. We're trying to climb there in our viewers and watchers on the YouTube platform. You're able to watch the show each and every day. Uh, and follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.